Welcome to Modern Motherhood, where you're required to be everything to everyone all the time. We wouldn't have it any other way, but let's be honest, it's hard work. So let's talk about it, all of it, in the raw with no filter. Come and be a fly on the wall as you listen in on a chat between friends, as each week welcomes a new guest and a new topic to delve deeper around the ins and outs of not only motherhood, but life in general. The ups, the downs, the struggles, the highlights, the reality. Because the reality is, you're not alone. We're all in this together. You're listening to Mummy Republic. Welcome to the whirlwind. Hello, lovely. Welcome back to another episode of the Mummy Republic podcast. I'm your host, Danny, and I cannot wait to get into today's conversation because I'll tell you what, it is a good one. But before I do, I want to give a quick shout out to the beautiful Vanessa Haldane, who left me a lovely five-star rating and review over on the iTunes podcast app. She says, real, raw, and relatable. Danny covers such amazing topics and in such a gentle way. The listener feels like they are chatting with friends. The podcast will make you laugh, make you cry, and leave you feeling connected and less alone. Thank you so much, hun. That's exactly what my intention is for these conversations. And I love that you took the time to leave such a beautiful message for me. If you would like to do the same or if you haven't done so already, please make sure you jump onto the iTunes podcast app, leave me a rating and a review so you can let other listeners know what they're in for. Another way that you can help the podcast if you are enjoying these conversations is to make sure that you share it with friends. You can either tag the episode notes uh, when it comes to my Instagram at Mummy Republic or even when you're having a listen or after you've had a listen, I'd love to hear your thoughts by sharing and tagging me in your stories. It makes a huge difference to the podcast being seen and the more people that see it, the more conversations that we can continue to have. Now, have I got a good listen in store for you today? My guest is actually on here to talk about positivity and what she's doing in that space to help other mamas. But before we got into that, we actually went a little deeper than expected into her birth journey and also what it was like to have a premature baby. Now, I think this is a really valid topic because a lot of people go through this, but we're not really aware of the extent of what it looks like or what it can look like because quite often we overshadow it by saying things like, oh, at least you've got a baby, at least the baby's healthy. But it's important to focus on how it got to that point. Now, I will give you a quick trigger warning that there may be some sensitive content when it comes to birth trauma and also premature babies. But if you can stick with me, it is well worth the listen and I really encourage you to listen right until the end because there is a lot of valuable advice. Today's mama is the queen of positivity as she speaks openly about the reality of mum life whilst providing a resounding message that says, you got this mama. Welcome to the incredible Nadine Muller. How are you? Thank you so very much for having me and thanks for that beautiful little introduction there. Stop it, it was easy. Using all the warm and fuzzies. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining me. I know that we've been trying to put this in the works and then life's gotten in the way, which is just rude, but I'm glad (laughs) that we're finally here um, because I think that you can add so much value. Now, there is 
a lot of things that you and I could talk about yes. and we could be here for hours and hours. Uh, but I know, I know you've touched on a lot of that before. So yes. motherhood and pregnancy probably hasn't come the easiest to you. I know that you've had HG, you had quite a traumatic birth, your second child you had prematurely. So why don't we, I know you've spoken about that before, so why don't we yeah. pick up from there? Your second son was premature. Yes. Tell so, me a little bit about that. Yeah, so as you were saying, I had quite an interesting pregnancy where I went from so I had hyperemesis gravidamia as you said in my first pregnancy second pregnancy very much planned didn't know if that was going to occur again um, but it did and it did 10 times over 100 times over I'm gonna say um, to the point where it absolutely just riddled my everyday life so what I mean by that is just not only was I um, not able to to work anymore for a it was about four and a half months, um, but to mum, to wife, to to function as a as just me was basically subtracted. So, I really got to this point where I just went, I really want this baby. Of course, I'm really grateful. I can appreciate the process, but I hate being pregnant. Yeah, and I was totally um, okay with saying that because I was living a nightmare for something that I so badly wanted. Mm. Um, and I started sharing that, I guess. Um, very openly and 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 it out of the woodwork with so many women that were like oh my god you know what it's okay to say that you hate being pregnant just spot like you can appreciate the tremendous miracle that it is the tremendous um you know the fact of you know creating human life is an amazing thing you know it's filled with the fact that people a can't fall pregnant at all can't stay pregnant whatever but that doesn't take away from your journey of really struggling with being pregnant so yeah, look, that was, first of all, um, a great the time. first <laughs> run of events. So that went on um, uh, <laughs> for quite some time. Then I got to, you know, a 20-week mark and I was hit with a few other um, issues along my journey, um, just health ailment to health ailment with myself and all the baby. So then, but then we, you know, we got across those little borders and then next minute we get to 30 weeks and it's like, awesome, okay, you know, we're probably going to get to the finish line. In fact, you know, I was manifesting, yeah, we're going to get there. We've had a few crappy little cars that have been dealt, but we're going to just keep swimming through the rough and just get there. So then I was, I'm someone that, again, is a firm believer of manifesting a a positive um, future for yourself and knowing that um, in living that kind of way, you can direct your thoughts and your feelings. I'm a firm believer of steering that wheel of, either positivity or negativity whichever one you want to sort of choose at any given time you know so anyhow I was working towards a VBAC so this is another whole story perhaps for another day but we were working towards this VBAC as well so I had attended a um, hypnobirthing class or um, an intensive hypnobirthing program I was um, meditating journaling um, daily affirmations I really became this and I'm someone that's not normally of this nature um a very almost spiritual um inner woman goddess about to work this baby v-back style and um and work towards that anyhow it wasn't meant to be the case and I guess this is where I'm someone that again has been able to see the silver lining in it because um as my birth story goes and again we won't delve too far into it today but 
essentially had that have been the case, my situation now might have been very different. Yeah. Um, a VBAC might have been a very catastrophic event for myself and my baby. So the VBAC that I worked so hard towards didn't become my reality all for good reason. And I'm a firm believer of sometimes the universe does these amazing things to put you on the path that you need to be on yep. or something that doesn't look like it's meant to come to that headway is not meant to be there for a reason. So and at the time I didn't understand it, but like many things in life, it's the time that follows when you, when you realize. So then um, cut a long story, super mm-hmm. short, we get to 33 weeks. I just started maternity leave the Friday and this was a Saturday. Yes. I woke up in a pool of my own amniotic fluid, meaning I had a preterm rupture of my membranes. It's called PPROM. And I just instantly went, this is not great. And, you know, this is not great because, you know, and again, I remember waking up and going, oh my God, this has happened. But straight away in my, in my moment of no, hang on, you are at 33 weeks. That is brilliant. Um, if things went haywire, because I didn't know, was was I about to go into established labour? Yeah. You know, was I going to start contracting yeah. there and then? I, I didn't know. Uh, but yeah, in my mind straight away when I called my husband, I said, at least we're at 33 weeks. That's that's an amazing, um, you know, place to get to. And for others, uh, one of my best friends had her baby at 28 weeks and I knew the outcome of that. And, and nowadays... You know, we know that the the beauty of our medical system now, they can guarantee almost, you know, we can't guarantee everything, but I knew that 33 was a safe place to be at primarily, you know. Um, So then I obviously went into hospital and um, double-checked, of course, that A was amniotic fluid Mm because then for a second I was like, maybe I've just again in my my, um, headspace, just stay positive. Maybe you just pissed your pants. I don't know. Well, I Um, mean, you've just finished work. Yeah, maybe I was very excited. (laughs) And I was like, nah, I think my pelvic floor is pretty good. Like, I don't know how that would have happened. But lo and behold, it definitely was my amniotic fluid. Um, So... So there I was. Thankfully, um, thankfully, I didn't go into labour. So we were then in a stage where I was bedridden in hospital. Fair enough. Happy to be bedridden yep. given the situation. I was given like toilet privileges and I just had to lay flat in bed. And essentially that would have been for as long as, for however long this baby decided to stay there. Well, can and you just, been nice. just explain what toilet privileges oh, are? You're allowed to you're, go by yourself? You're only allowed to go get up to go to the toilet, really. Stunning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How amazing for you. Yeah. What a privilege. And maybe sit up to have breakfast. But <laughs> essentially, uh, you're on your back. And that's how I spent the first four and a half months of my pregnancy. So I was like, well, what's a little <laughs> bit more? <laughs> so, um, so then the plan was to get to 36. That was like, again... I every day was manifesting, let's just get to 36 yep. because at 36, in between the 33 and 36, when you look at the developmental um, status of the bub at the time, I just knew that 36 would be a really nice place to be at. Heck, if we got to 38, even better. But 36 was our like goal. Um, unfortunately, a few things happened in between and within five days, we managed to hold on to five days. Again, that's amazing. Five days yep. extra in the womb um, was brilliant. So... I really want to touch on this bit that um, I thought that the best place for my baby to be in was inside and that wasn't. When I when I sort of 
explain the next bit, I there was a true knot in his cord or in our cord, which meant we were basically a walking time bomb. Yeah. And had that VBAC had happened, had that, and it was already a very tight cord um, that was barely pulsating once I'd got into um, theatre and things went very hairy, um, my obstetrician pretty much said, that VBAC that you wanted would have been catastrophic yeah. had this at all, you know, come to the headway. So, again, mm-hmm. remarkable that um, things can happen very oddly, very spooky to get you to a place where Yep, exactly where path. you need to be. Yeah, it's, yep, it's, 100%. it's one of those things, you know, you cannot be religious, you cannot be spiritual, but there's some things you just cannot explain in life yep. and you just go, wow, there's something out there. Exactly. So, anyway... Um, uh, so yeah, we had, so we held on for those days and little baby Beckham knew that inside wasn't, and, and myself and the universe, sorry, I won't say myself cause I, I didn't, I was, I kept on saying to myself, why is my body failing me? I've just had such a hard journey. Why is it that my body is trying to get my baby out? Mm. Everything's going, you know, semi swimmingly. <laughs> it wasn't, I was just holding on to every clutch of the stuff that was going incredibly right. So I was like, you know what, we're going well, I've just done maternity leave. Why? Um, and you know, I was finally starting to see this, the, the clarity and the, and the rainbow start to appear and suddenly it was complete like storm, Mm. storm clouds. So, um, then I went, okay, I was, I took this hypnobirthing, um, session, all these, um, classes that I took really seriously and I was working really hard towards it and every day, um, manifesting my positive V back. And I got to, um, I got to hospital thinking, okay, I won't go into, well, I won't go into labor. I'm just gonna, I'm going, going to go into labor potentially naturally. Um, but my waters would have broken. So Mm. we'll just sit dark. So I was sitting dark, as I said, then again, isn't it miraculous that your body despite medical intervention will just do what it wants to do right so they then i went into i had another big gush of um amniotic fluid and i just went i remember looking at my husband because i'd had gushes in the days before but i remember looking at dane and being like this is a different one yeah it was no different than the ones that were before that but it was different as in i just knew Mm. i just went "Mm, that's weird funnily enough within 20 minutes i'm like oh there's a bit of back pain. Oh, there's a bit of... <laughs> Hello. That's not fun. Um, yep. Really quickly, I'd, I'd progress. I'd, or I'd gone into a selfish labor. Obviously, obstetrician, midwives, whatever. We're in going, let's try to pause this. Um, let's try to stop this labor. So, again, we didn't know. We didn't yeah. know that there was a knot yet. We didn't know all the issues. He was footling breach, so he was the wrong way around. Mm-hmm. We were hoping that maybe in the time that I was sitting in hospital that he might flip and I could still do this V-back. So just think about there's this knot there. We don't know about it yet. And I'm still working towards this whole other thing that would have been catastrophic. Um, Anyhow, and everybody else is on the same path, right? Um, And then no matter what they did, they dropped all the medication on me to try to stop it. Um, And my body just wouldn't stop and you what it needed to do yeah and I was like why why just stop like I was trying to do everything you need to stay in there longer do you know what I mean I had the steroids on board they do a few things to make sure that if your baby does come imminently that um they're 
lungs will be able to sort of handle the outside world and what have you. So lots of things came on board which had to happen. So I knew that should it should it happen that way, it was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But ideally, again, our goal was 36, wasn't it? Um, so then, yeah, it just didn't stop and I just kept on going. And this, um, this labour just moved faster than what I thought. And I was so in a zone of just... Um, you know, hypnobirthing my way through this labor, not thinking that would it would progress as fast as it would, and mm. that because then it came to a headway. My obstetrician was like, "Look, your baby hasn't moved. A few things are going on. I think the best and safest way is for another C-section for you." And I was like, "Totally surrender. We don't need this feedback. We just need this baby to come yep. out safely." So yep. of course, I wasn't hung up on can we still get this feedback. It was just more like, "Yep, if you, I am trusting your judgment." Um, and and I did a bit of a, because again, I'm a firm believer of um, you have to also have that autonomy and choice as yourself as the birthing mother, not to just hand over your care to your obstetrician. You know, yep. you have to be like, yep, I think personally, given all the things as you're the subject matter expert, but I'm the birthing mother, that I think that's the safest route. Yep. So I believe then, yep, that's my safest route. So cool. Everyone, including myself, did not think that I had even gone as far as long my labor and had progressed as far as long with my labor as as I had of to mm. cut a long story short and essentially they've prepped me for surgery they've prepped other half for surgery and and we're going in um now funnily enough and um I've got a photo that I was just looking at the other day if because the next thing that happened was um we get into theater and I'm about to push and I had no idea because I had a C-section with my first one, what the feeling of bearing down is. And now oh, I know what that feeling of yeah. bearing down is. So I'm about, so I hadn't had a vaginal examination before that point either because I was hypnobirthing like an absolute goddess <laughs> and I didn't even know. Stunning, didn't stunning even feedback. Know. I did not even know how well I was doing, um, which is awesome. I just got in a zone of just feeling surges, um, allowing my body to do what it needed to do to... Um, go through labor in no way did I think that I was going to get to a stage where I was pushing in theater yeah wow so suddenly this c-section was like oh my god this is about to be a v-bag um you know we're about to pull this baby out footling breech vaginally um again cutting long story short otherwise I will be on here for 10 hours (laughs) um I they finally I said to my midwife um about you know before they're putting in the spinal I'm I'm about to push um, I won't say her name, but I'm about to push. And she was like, what? And then she, you know, there was no denying this woman is like, yeah, the Congress, any woman that <laughs> has got to this point, all of us mums, we know that there's this overwhelming sense of just a, the concrete, a push up against gravity that you yep. just can't describe. And that's that feeling. And, um, and they went, oh, okay, well, actually, let's just, before we do anything, let's just turn you over and see where you're at for the first time. Um, and and so this is where I'll talk about this, this image, not about there at the time, but an image that I've got being wheeled into labor, which I think, so again, this is a very odd thing. But when, at that point when they rolled me over, I also had a cord prolapse. So my cord was outside um, my body. Um, not completely, but partly, um, and there was the knot. So again, you could say 
this is a very weird and uncanny thing for the knot to also fall out at that exact point too for us to see that there was a knot. Um, Well, not me, my uh, care providers. And so I keep on talking about this photo that I had. So this photo that I had of me being wheeled into theatre is me on all fours in like this semi, um, my my elbows are on the bed and my bum is up in the air. And that is the position that you would put a woman in if she had a cord prolapse. Now, I innately just did that because that was the way I felt I had to be in. You just gave me goosebumps. That's it's Holy very bizarre. Molly. It's very bizarre, and I only and and actually, um, when I was getting wheeled into theatre, someone a, a midwife or someone was walking past and was like, "Called prolapse," because of the way I was I was um, positioned while I was labouring, and they're like, "No, no, no, no," and then that so that's something that came vividly afterwards. I went, I remember someone saying that. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, so again, there are so many things, miraculous things that happened. Had that not have happened. Um, who know, who knows? Mm. Had um, had the cord not fallen out at that exact point and revealed that that knot, and they went, "Let's bring this baby out vaginally." We don't know. Yeah, the cord. Yep. <laughs> we don't know. There's so many unknowns, and it's just such a miraculous thing that for all the things that went incredibly wrong, there were so many things that went incredibly right. Very spooky. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, miraculously right. So um, my obstetrician attempted, knowing that the cord was there, okay, what's going to be quicker? Cut this woman open, pull him out. A cord's not very well pulsating, but when they tried to do that, he was footling breech, so he was kind of, you can't see me with what I'm doing right now, but <laughs> he was kind of like a ballerina. So there was one foot out. So yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention there was also a foot. And the other foot was kind of up in this ballerina position, so they couldn't actually pull him out. He was stuck, Mm. and he also had what's called head entrapment. So we had a myriad of things that, in isolation, is a medical emergency, and we had all of them at once. A cord prolapse is a medical emergency. A true knot is a medical emergency. Uh, a footling breach is a scary, you know, that's an immediate C-section for most people. Not yep. many obstetricians want to birth vaginally a footling breach ever anymore um, because there's just been so many issues with that too. Don't get me wrong, there's lots of people that have, but... It's a risk. It's a it's risk. risk. Yeah. Um, head entrapment. There were that many, <laughs> those out. many things together were just like, my obstetrician went, I just can't believe that that all happened in one hit. And at, you know, 33 weeks and five days. Yeah, yeah. And so going back to your question, this is all just to get to a premature birth. (laughs) So then that's why it's so convoluted and the story's just so crazy. And forgive me for it being so sporadic. No, don't apologise. But if that does nothing but show the sporadic, untoward, almost weird flipped up scenario that it was and chaotic scenario that it was, that's because that's exactly what it was. (laughs) Um, so, So, yeah. Do we bring this baby out vaginally? Tried to, didn't work anyway. Obstetrician was like, next bit, we we cut this woman open and we get this baby out quick, smart. And that's what he did. Cut a long story really short. From there, I experienced a significant amount of birth trauma as a result of attempting to get this baby out quick, Mm. which again, um, at my sacrifice, which is as mums would do. Of course. 20, 30, 40, 50 times over to do it. Um, So it was, do we wait for a spinal to to take effect 
or do we just start cutting and tearing and open this woman up and get this happen happening and that's essentially what had to happen um we do live in the 21st century and within time they were able to drug me and and do what needed to happen but they saw the imminent risk to baby first and went for it which again I've got an incredible obstetrician or have had an incredible obstetrician and I got to know him really well throughout my journey obviously because I was just a pain in the ass client or patient <laughs> I just I you really, I, got, your money's I really worth. got my private yeah, money worth uh, out of him let me tell you I think I aged him 10 years <laughs> um like quite literally I think I'll be that that patient that he talks about at his uh, you know you'll be um, that case study <laughs> yeah absolutely um so he took a risk on his practice. He totally did. And, um, and I think he knew that I was going to be someone that would be, and, and again, I talk on so many mothers' behalves that, um, I'd be the type of woman that'd be totally, totally happy for yep. him to, um, not worry about me. Worry about Do you know what baby. I mean? Get this yep. baby out. We'll figure it out. Yep. And don't get me wrong. It has come with so many layers of issues that I've had to deal with. Of course. But... Like, and again, I, I want to highlight the fact that it doesn't take away from, you know, sometimes we go, oh, but you had a healthy baby, so that's all okay. I often, you know, I, I really shy away from saying things like, but my baby's healthy today mm. because yes, he is. And that is a valid point, but it doesn't take away from birth trauma being a very serious, real thing. Yep. And for that to be um, a catalyst to some pretty, um, dark times for people despite it um, so you know you can be totally happy that you've had a, a baby and they're miraculously here um, but birth trauma is real and it happens so um, I think I think that's a huge thing we're starting to move away from yeah. now which is really important because yeah. there are so many women who go through traumatic births mm. and it's a massive impact mm. and you know you can be in a great positive headspace but it doesn't matter how spiritual or how prepared you are nothing can prepare you for something like that that's right that's so nothing. it's it takes recovery just as it does physically it does mentally as absolutely. well absolutely again i'm i'm learning by the day about how important a birth partner is as well and that um in that room whilst i was there and having that experience happened physically to me um you know my husband got to watch the whole thing mm. and it was such a sense of disarray um because it wasn't a sterile environment either so um things had to happen my obstetrician did things very um quick rapid there was no drapes wardsman brought like there was literally a blanket that was just across my face or like in front of me so that I couldn't see too much um and like it, there's just so many vivid memories mm. there's also lots of out of body sort of memories or experiences um but I think the one person in that room that potentially was able to watch it like at a bird's eye view is a birth partner and that's what my husband mm. went through and it's like that's just and how traumatic for him because yeah. it's it's his wife and his yeah. child. Oh, and he 110% was like, yeah. I'm leaving here today without both of these people. Yeah. yeah, traumatic. So, yeah, I guess I do, as much as I didn't want to sort of delve too much into that space, I, I definitely wanted to set that setting in terms of that Absolutely. was the myriad of things that occurred before then. Then it became a new climb of, cool, okay, baby's here. Um, it was overshadowed, you know, a, a traumatic birth over that time was then overshadowed beautifully with an alive baby um a very miraculous baby because then he didn't come out 
kicking and screaming or crying either. Mm. So it was a bad initial few moments with him. Like I say that lightly. And so I guess the time that followed that was like, cool. So now we've got a special care nursery baby. Mm. Um, but I could not look at that time as a negative situation. Yep. I just went, we're here, like almost a sigh of relief, like, we were, there's no other way of putting it. And this is how my obstetrician tells me every day. Like you were a walking time bomb. You thought that from, because we don't know how long that, that knot mm. was there and you can have knots and there's this beautiful jelly that surrounds these knots that you can have multiple knots potentially. And it just goes up and down. It's this Warburton's jelly and it's beautiful, but it wasn't a loose knot. Yeah. It's, you have a, a few different knots. Knot. A true knot is a knot that's, good to go Mm. and it just needed that little bit of a tug further and it could have been lots of things so for example we had a really my Beckham was a really active baby in the womb yeah little things like we all know that babies like to pull cords all he needed to do was pull a cord at a certain spot while he was playing in my belly game over yeah there were so many so many what ifs right so did they, did they ever give you an explanation as to what how, caused not, that knot? Yeah, yeah. No, so they, um, they're really hard to pinpoint on uh, um, ultrasound for starters. Nine times out of ten, it's too late because they'll be able to sense the blood flow or be able to um, navigate the blood flow. So they, they right. go, right, there's a compressed knot in there yep. um, or, or a cord compression in there. Um, it can be women who have extremely long knots, which makes uh, long knots, long cords. Mm-hmm. And I do know that I had a long cord with Madden as well. So I am someone notorious that creates long umbilical cords. <laughs> Just such an overachiever, such a, aren't you? Right, right. Um, exactly. Um, the other thing is if you have a lot of amnio, amniotic fluid can be another thing. And um, it can also be very overactive babies right. where, and particularly they say a knot can start in the first trimester where they're still so small, they're swimming around, having a great old time and literally create a knot for themselves. Right. Mm. Interesting. Now, again, there's been many births that there've been multiple knots, baby's fine, no worries, yep. but there are certain classifications when that's just yeah. not going to be the case. Yeah. So, yeah, let's actually move into the bit where the question is about the premier baby um, or the premature. It's, it's really good, though, to get an understanding. I think a lot yeah. of people don't understand when a premature birth happens, oh. regardless of what the circumstance is, that there's a there's a build-up to that. Yeah. It's not just – and sure, for some women some. it might be, hey, I've just gone into labour, but yeah. there's usually some form of trauma around it, yeah. and we do overlook it because yes. we go, oh, premier baby. Yes. And then let's just focus on the premier yes. baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. You know, I think for some women, as you said, a, a preterm labor can just happen. Yeah. And I felt, because people were like, were you stressed? Was there anything going on in your personal life that maybe you just, your waters broke because you were doing too many things? Mm. Or, and I'm like, no, I literally, it happened while I was sleeping one. So I wasn't doing anything yep. miraculously, like or anything untoward at the time. No, I wasn't you know, gardening or whatever, yeah, I was, yep. I just started maternity leave. That And isn't it interesting that that's a question that we ask? Yeah. Go, what were you doing? Yes. What caused this? I got that a lot. I got yeah. that a lot. What were you doing at the time that your waters broke? Yep. Like, why, why do we even have to have that question? <laughs> I wasn't even really yeah. conscious. Yeah, so, no, you know, asleep. it wasn't my fault. I thought I'd miss the bed. So, you know, uh, it's, it's a long flurry of things, as I said, and I really feel as though I have touched the surface, but... Um, mm. that does paint the picture. And so then we have this 
baby that miraculously is here and everyone around us is just going, wow, how did this even happen? Yeah. You know, we had the pediatrician come to um, the special care nursery and be like, who is this child? The like midwives would come through the halls because um, we were staying, I was having to stay there for a long period of time because I obviously had to have lots of um, intravenous uh, antibiotics because yep. I obviously would cut up under a very not sterile condition. So yep. um, the likelihood of um, infection for me was very real. Um, so I was in there for longer than, than you normally would. Um, but that was great because we had a special care nursery baby in the hospital anyway. So we were down worked the hall. Well. It yep. worked out well. But, you know, we were the we were the talk of the hospital. We were the – because it was just like – how that c that c section that turned maybe we're going to have this baby vaginally in theater to then oh hang on we're going to put that thing back <laughs> we're now actually going to try cutting this woman up we're now actually going to try doing it under a condition that's not ideal in the 21st century anymore mm. you know um but yeah remarkable so we then started the challenge of um having a baby born at at that gestation and um I failed to put words on what that experience was like Mm. to the sense of yes it was so stressful yes it was um incredibly uh, just multifaceted also because we had another one at home so trying to maintain you know how do you explain that to a three-year-old yeah we've got a baby but he's not coming home yet yep um you know, he didn't quite understand even why I was in hospital for a long period or well, for the period of time that I was just waiting um, on bed rest. He was like, why are you here? You know, he, he kind of didn't grasp that concept. Yeah. Um, and so he was like, we're basically living at the hospital, mum, all the time. And so it was trying to – and we started noticing that that was starting to become an issue in terms of it was a lot for him going back and forth mm. to the hospital. Um, I obviously couldn't drive or anything like that. So um, – hubby and, and friends and family we were really having to rely on to um, to help us during this time but I failed to look at that time as a as a time that was something that we couldn't get over it was mm-hmm. a it was a new and exciting um, phase where we'd just been given a new lease in life we'd just been given all these wildcard opportunities in a matter of the last 24 hours prior to that happening wildcard after wildcard after wildcard and so I just went this is awesome. This is the safest place for him to be right yep. now. Um, in my womb where I thought was safe, wasn't safe. And I'm okay to say that. Mm. Um, it wasn't safe because I'd done that. It wasn't my fault. And I think that's something that is really important to touch on because a lot of prem mummies think that they've done something wrong. Yeah. Well, it's comes those questions. Yeah. What did you do? What, what did you do? Like, we did nothing wrong. And don't get me wrong, I even went, I've done something. Why? Yeah. But until I sort of, and again, this is why it's so incredible to debrief your you know, even your birth, traumatic or not, and to um, unpack the boxes of what had actually Mm. occurred because then you get this clarity of, you know, for me, I'm like, no, I didn't do anything wrong. Mm. The divine timing of this just, this baby had to come out there and then. And if anything, if I want to look at a way of like really my body and my baby and the universe did everything right. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like that gives me goosebumps. It did everything right in the sense that, it knew that the safest place for it to be was not in there. Yeah. So despite medical intervention to stop my labour, despite all the things that they wanted to do to try to keep this baby in there longer, my body was like, no, this baby's coming out. Isn't that crazy? It just shows you, you know, you, we, we talk a lot about, you know, 
not having such a strict birth plan and, and surrendering in a sense to your pregnancy and to your birth and labor and all that kind of jazz. But it just is incredible how it will direct you in the right way. Mm -hmm. Your body will do what it needs to do. Yeah. And so will your baby. Yeah. So with Beckham being in there, what were the main concerns from a premature perspective? Yeah. Um, It was a lot of, I guess they look at it from a point of view, just where he was in his gestation. And again, our starting point at, you know, him, my water's breaking at 33 weeks is some people's end goal. Like they want to get to 33 weeks. So yeah. our starting point, again, this is where I just like to see the silver lining and everything. Our starting point are other people's end goal. And so um, at that point, between 33 and 37 is where they do a lot of their growing. So he was mm-hmm. tiny. There was going to be, and there was, feeding issues. Mm-hmm. There is going to be, you know, lung development issues. Thankfully, again, the beauty of medicine now I was given the much-needed steroids to boost that for him. Um, cardiovascular-wise, there there can be some um, issues with their heart and mm-hmm. being able to maintain a, a rhythm. Temperature is another thing, huge thing, being able to maintain their temperature. It's, it's very – they look at it head to toe, very um, – like every system in their body and making sure wow. that everything is – is working as it should and I think they're really meticulous in how they it's it's incredible if it's one thing I've learned and, and so I'm a registered nurse by trade and it's like one thing that I left there out of was this complete sense of uh well honor and privilege one to to do that for a job but to to see people that are in my profession um that are their specialty is you know neonates and um you know intensive care for babies or special care nursery nurses that just what they do day in day out is incredible and it was just beautiful to watch and if anything it just gives you so much like appreciation for these people for what they do and how they carry out their jobs um and so they were just the tlc and the level of care that they provide in there was just remarkable um and gives any woman i believe a sense of like my baby's safe in here even though it's super hard to leave them because then at one point i then got discharged and had to leave him in hospital and there was no space for us to stay in hospital. So I did have to leave hospital without him and then come and visit every day. Um, and that was really hard. But I think it's those very people in those um, professions that make you feel comfortable to do that. Because that's massive. You know, You're leaving you, your you baby. Never, you never expect no. to go to hospital and have to leave your child. No, it's so foreign. Yeah. And and if anything, you know, it, um, it highlighted to me how hard it would be because that was so close to my reality of leaving a hospital without a baby Mm. at all. So when I left that hospital for the first time and left Beckham in there in the special care nursery, I remember being my, my heart, the feeling of like each step walking out of the hospital was like, Oh, I can't do this. It was like this physical, it felt so wrong. So Mm. unnatural to Mm. leave your baby there. But I remember just walking one step in front of the other, just going, your reality maybe a day ago was leaving here without. Yeah. So yep. you've you've got a baby there. Again, I'm not saying that that takes away from what you've experienced, but you're coming back. Yep. Like, and it was so hard. I remember because, you know, we all want that fairy tale. We all want to look in the back of the car and we see this new baby that's in the car seat that you got. And to be honest, we didn't even have a car seat before that because I had just started maternity leave. And of course, I was one of those parents that hadn't organized freaking anything. Nursery well, wasn't done. Right, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was going to all happen later, but it didn't. You know, and so I remember that, that feeling of emptiness. 
But it's so it's so crazy the dichotomy of extremes of motherhood where I then went no look in the back it is empty right now but it's not empty forever mm. and you will get that moment and I shared this heaps on my social media where I was like I'm not getting that moment right now of taking my baby home and having that happy ending but I'm going to like yep like it's just that time is moved to another time like a space of time that's all and he's just got some growing to do and we've just got to hurdle over a few things. But we will get there and then one day you're going to look in the back of that car seat oh, and you're going to see a baby. And that's that's the beauty of it, you know. Yep. I'm about to cry. Anyway, so then, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, a premi um, experience was incredibly tough. There was lots of things to hurdle over. But I think when you, you touched on it before, uh, surrendering to the process and looking at the big picture, my big picture was suddenly reinvented because mm. what could have been, I was on a whole new path now. Um, and I, I then went, this is brilliant. A special care nursery is great. <laughs> a premier baby is brilliant because we might not have been there at all. Yeah. yeah. I think that's you really need to commend yourself for that type of mentality because yeah. it's so easy in those situations mm. to just wallow in mm. the sadness and the self pity and the mm. and really getting stuck in it because and and that's normal you yeah. know if yeah. because it's huge it's a massive thing to go mm. through but to shift that mindset and go okay well this is what it could have been this is how I'm going to look at it yeah that's huge yeah. have you do you think that hypnotherapy help with that have you always been a positive person in that space um hypnobirthing definitely um i have okay so i'll unpack that unpack that in two different ways so being a positive person i have been you know i've, I've been raised in that type of household mm. i've always um steered towards that type of life that and that's not to say that a positive person is always positive i, I truly believe that a positive person needs to work on it every single day of course. just like yep. a just like a language that you learn, just like a, a muscle that you develop in a gym, if you don't use it, you lose it. It's a choice that you make every single day. You're not just a positive person. Yep. And, and I think if I was to go one deep, step deeper in that again, that you don't just go, oh, this has happened. I'm going to choose to be positive. You, it's also in that time frame where I'm talking about, and again, this is where we're packing this all into this. It's like I wasn't positive from the onset. I I accepted what was going on. I let it land. I accepted my feelings. I dealt with the emotion, sat with the emotion first. I cried a lot. Mm-hmm. I didn't experience the the birth that I wanted. I went through a lot to endure what we did. I had the last year of pregnancy that was just one of the toughest years. No, was the toughest year of my life. Why did all these cards happen to me? And I did the why, why, and that, you know, let's call it that. It was a negative mindset. But I think it is important to sit in those negative mindset first. But the most important bit, the catalyst to all of that is then going... is then going, I'm not going to sit here. Mm. I'm not going to stay here. Yep. It's time to climb out of that ladder. And then that's when you open that space of, right, that's happened. I've dealt with it. Now I'm going to do something about it. And I choose yep. to focus on the positive and I choose to focus on the big picture stuff. So, yes, a positive mindset has always been something that I've, I've lived my life um, choosing because, again, it's a mm. choice. When, it, when, I, when I answer the question in regards to hypnobirthing and did that help me, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, hypnobirthing. I'm a really um, 
in the best case of the word, I'm really like highly strong, always doing things, never settle, never like don't take a second to relax. Hypnobirthing taught me to just be and taught me to just um, take a second to breathe Mm -hmm. and that that's just as important as being a go-getter and and not stopping and grinding and hustling and all the stuff that I do because that's also my personality. It it taught me to just surrender. It taught me to... Mm slow down to stop and smell the roses and I think when you team that with a positive mindset it's just created this whole new world for me yep like I'm someone that couldn't I couldn't do a yoga class like and I look I'm still learning I'm still learning how to sit with myself a little bit more yep um I'm still not someone that I would love to go and do yoga 10 times a week or something (laughs) I'm still not that person but I'm learning to um, to just slow down yeah. and that's what hypnobirthing taught me. And, and I think when I, when I team that with, um, someone that chooses to be positive or that that's the way of life that I choose to live, um, I think together intertwined, it's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. I love that you just said that because I'm exactly the same. I never stop and I never yeah. slow down and a few things have happened lately where I've had to, um, and we're, we're going to do hypnobirthing and that was always part of my plan. And I, that's just really resonated with me. Yep. I think anything that you can use as a tool to yep. help you be in a better headspace. Yes. And it's like we touched on before where we were off air and we were having a conversation. You have to be ready mm. to be in a positive headspace. You yes. have to be ready to unpack everything. Yep. You've got to sit in those moments of self-pity and mm-hmm. why me and yep. you know deal with the negativity and cry for days on end before you can move forward and Absolutely. go, okay, how am I going to handle this? Absolutely. If we don't do that, we take a risk of putting a lid on a box. Yes. That's what I call it. And then you put that lid on the box and you put other stuff on top of that box and it just compounds. Yeah. And then guess what? That box is put in a, put away and you never uncover it and it just manifests. Like it manifests. It, it just creates problem after problem after mm-hmm. problem because you've never actually brought it to the surface but it seeps out yeah that's the thing there's there's a little hole oh, in yeah. that box and it won't and, and it it'll take out. something yep that might not even be remotely um it might not be something that's the exact same issue but it'll be something maybe totally different that mm. you encounter and it just unravels itself yep so i think it's super important that you bring it up that you raise it at the time or it might not be at the time. So I feel as though for me, I didn't with my traumatic birth experience because of the things that happened imminently straight after the priority at the time was this baby. Right. And so it's not that I put a lid on it, but I went right now I'm okay. Yeah. And I'm temporarily putting just a lid that, is just covering it. Putting for some now. glad wrap on it. Just a glad wrap. Yeah. You're gonna open it. I love that. <laughs> just a bit of glad wrap, and you're gonna uncover it all yep. later. But yep. right now, because it is, and that's life. Life deals you all this stuff all at once, mm. and sometimes you can't do all the things that you want to do all at once. And at yep. that given moment, I couldn't attend to. Whilst I am a firm believer of attending to what you need personally yourself straight away, I knew that I was in a space because I found this, and I'm saying that because I found this new sense of gratitude and overwhelming like appreciation of what was going on. That I could wait with that. Mm. I didn't need to deal with that right away, but I knew that it was something that would come up later if I didn't. Yep. So, so what I'm saying is, I didn't deal with my birth trauma straight away because I it wasn't knocking at my door yet saying you need to do something about me. 
Well, you had another priority, yes. and that was making sure that Beckham was yes. okay and yes. out of hospital and feeding and being yeah. in a better headspace. Yeah. Now, you, from that token, you're, and anybody who follows you on social media, and if they don't, they should, because <laughs> particularly as a new mum, you know, you talk a lot in the middle of the night when you're breastfeeding <laughs> um, about having that gratitude. And I think I've touched on this before in another episode. It's really easy to get in this headspace of, oh, I've got to feed again. Mm-hmm. I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. What do you want from me now? Yes. And that's normal. It's not that it you don't normal. love your child. Yeah. But how do you shift that mindset to go, okay, I'm grateful that yeah. I get to do this? Yeah. I think, again, like anything, it takes some really big things to happen in your life mm. um, to suddenly um, go, I'm going to appreciate these little moments. Mm. And whilst you've hit it on the head, yes, there are still nights, of course, where human self, you know, sleep deprivation is it's real. real. <laughs> You know, and it's okay if there's nights where you're not appreciative, that's okay. But on the most part, if you can pull out of your toolbox being like, all right, I am dragging my feet through the mud at two o'clock in the morning, but I'm attending to a baby. And this is where I get all the warm and fuzzies. I'm going to a baby that right now in this whole world, all this baby wants is me. And I don't have to do anything. I, I don't even have to give him the breast. I wouldn't have, it's just me being there. Yep. Just a presence. And isn't that a beautiful thing? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That this little human, out of the millions and trillions and people of that are around you, it's you. Yeah. No one else. And so I like to sometimes just give myself those real honest chats of, right now, your baby wants you. Yep. And, and sometimes, even though you're tired... I use the word surrender so much. I, and I have to tell myself that too. Like I literally, I'm walking. So um, we've transitioned little one out of our room now and he's into his cot. And, you know, I'm, yeah, two o'clock in the morning, I'm like, Gah, so many F-bombs walking up my, <laughs> walking up my thing. And then I, I, it's like I, and again, whether or not this is this um, hypnobirthing and, and meditation and all the things that I've sort of started to develop into my um, everyday life, where before I walk into that room, I'm like, awesome. So you've got a baby that has developed so well since you took him home from, from that special care nursery. You had a baby that was given so many wild cards of opportunities to live to begin with. Um, all this baby wants is your comfort, no one else's. You can just be in there. And, you know, well, you all know that feeling of when you've got this child and they've got nightmares or whatever the case may be at whatever age and you just there and you feel their heart go from racing at a million miles per hour to just this sense of like you feel their weight just mm. you know you give me goosebumps right again. you just oh. feel it in your body just yeah and, you it, do. and it was just from you and there's nothing there's nothing that compares to that no and, and that was that was all you you know I think it's really easy for us as mums to go we're not doing enough we're not being enough we're not um, give enough of ourselves but sometimes we've got to remember that even on our shittest day of mothering in what we think is a self-perceived mm-hmm. failure and what we think is a self-perceived um, imperfection to our children we're god yeah like we are 100%. the earth that surrounds them and so i think you know and that's a note to self it's a note to all women and all mums that even on the the days that we think we're absolutely failing um if we did nothing else but just exist, we're doing enough. Yeah. Because just in existing eyes, in their eyes, always. 
is the world. Yep. So. 100%. Yeah. Now, you're actually, that's a great segue. You've just <laughs> really led me into that one. You're doing a lot in that space now yeah. um, from, obviously, you've got a social media following, people who would be taking a lot from your stories. And I think, I hope that, I don't think you do, but I hope you don't underestimate that. You've now transitioned that to create another platform for women. Do you want to tell me a bit more about that? Yeah. So um, I guess from my whole journey in isolation, putting it all together, there was a lot that happened. And in between all Just of a that. Bit. Yeah, Just a bit. Yeah. In a year. Sometimes I spin it. Sometimes I go, what? <laughs> and I'm still figuring out, pinch me, did that actually happen? Um. And But the one thing that is really a constant in all of that is during that time, I, I truly learned the power of social media for my own well-being, mm. first and foremost. And I saw the power of connection and I saw the power of telling a story um, and telling a story in ways that can be brave even though you're trembling. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That is the... <laughs> best analogy yeah yeah like I, I it's crazy so during my so okay uh, the best way to explain it so during HG I would share my HG stuff people would come out of the woodwork and be like oh my god I don't feel alone and and the thing is is I had all this support don't get me wrong I'm I'm there is no bit of shy support in my network of friends family whatever and I had a lot around me mm. but for some reason it was very superficial as in it, God, it was so helpful, but I didn't have that underlying support of I've been there. I understand. Yep. I see you. I feel you. It's shit. Um, I'm going to sit in the darkness with you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I didn't like my, I just didn't have girlfriends that had had HG before. It is really not common. So, no, so no, how do not. I, how do I expect for someone to understand that? So whilst I had all this support around me, it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. And so on my social media, I started totally walking in my truth. And this comes from someone that didn't let people in. What I mean by that is, you know, I've been in the military for the last 13 years. I've been an alpha female f- for most of my life. I've been in this headspace of no, strong is the only option. You have a tough exterior. Hide your caramello koala that's in there because I am soft as soft can come. <laughs> But I am known to be a hard, tough woman. Yeah. And it was really hard to open that up for me. Mm. And this is where I've, and, and again, silver lining, I learned and discovered so much about myself of letting people in, right? Mm. And so, and and that life isn't here to do it alone. You know what I mean? Life is, we are here. You know, I firmly believe in it takes a village. It absolutely mm. does. Oh, it absolutely and and does. I'm not yep. just talking about it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to live yourself. Mm. Do you know what I mean? We're not here as humans to just walk a trodden path alone. No way. We And and the beauty of social media now and where I keep on returning back to this state is I sought so much comfort, guidance, understanding, that I truly believe you cannot find elsewhere and they were complete strangers. Yeah. Yeah. Complete strangers. Um and I think that we can't not let that power when we live in the 21st century and the fact that social media gets such a bad rap not all the time, but there is there are so many negatives to it, but there are also so many positives mm. because I was sitting at home wallowing being like 
I am struggling with life right now. I'm struggling with being a parent, trying to grow a baby at the same time, be a wife, try to do things at home. My whole life was flipped upside down. But I had my phone and I could connect with women Mm. that actually got it. And they didn't fix it. And I and what I was doing and what I'm still doing today is not fixing anybody's problems. But what I'm trying to say is what it does is provide a level of understanding connection yep. that makes you feel that you're not alone. And there is something about that in a healing process or when you're going through something really traumatic that can truly change your day, your week, your month, your experience. Mm. A hundred percent. I'm I'm a huge believer in the power of vulnerability. In fact, that's that's why yeah. I do this podcast because yeah. it's it's ensuring that people know that they're not alone. Because yeah. not you're exactly right. It's not going to solve everyone's problems. But if you're in that, if you're sitting in that space of why me mm. and why am I the only one this happens to, mm. and then you hear a story of someone else who's either going through it and in the midst with you, yes, or has come out the other side, yes, there's such power in that and I think it's so underestimated yeah so like yeah so I went through HE and then so I opened up there a can of worms in Mm. terms of wow I'm feeling this connection then I went through this um premature stage so then sorry before that I started sharing it while I was in hospital waiting for the baby to arrive so then before that even happened I was connected with ladies that had gone into preterm labor and I'm like wow this is really powerful what a tool I can do this right Then fast forward, I get to a part where then I'm starting to come to terms and dealing with and ready to start telling my story about my birth story and and the trauma that surrounded that. Suddenly, I'm connected with women that have also been through, again, all unique to their own, but similar paths um, as far as emotions and, and what they've felt at that given moment. So I went, there's there's something to be said there is there is something about connecting with women and being able to go to a place vulnerable as all hell speaking the truth walking in that truth and being able to say I've been there before or I'm in that now with you it sucks hold my hand we'll do it yeah do you know what I mean and so the great thing is so it's called rise and I called it rise because there is something to be said about helping others and I think we're We all get a lot out of serving others and Mm. personal fulfillment out of that. Um, And I think one thing I really want to um, raise is Rise isn't just a a place where people can get support. So you don't just go on there and and when you've got an issue and then you'll pop something on or what have you and then people will provide that support. It's, yeah, it's that exact thing of what I've just said. It's, I think mothers underestimate how much, there's no word to describe it, but we are all our own subject matter experts in our own personal lived experiences, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Call them what you will. I'll call them golden nuggets, right? We all have these golden nuggets of knowledge of things that you can't get elsewhere because it's only through your lived experiences that you've been able to nurture those golden nuggets. And so as mothers it's also really easy to lose who we are and to lose our own self of like our identity we we get we become this like cog of just robotic almost um day in day out doing what we need to do for our children that we forget who we are and I think if nothing else we it gives you this sense of if you know that you can share a golden nugget of yours something that you're a subject matter expert in your lived experience as someone else, that gives you a sense of purpose Mm. that you can do that even though your main job, yep, okay, is 
looking after your little ones and, and being a, that stay-at-home mum or the, the mum that's still, you know, working outside of the home, you've also got this another level of you that you know a lot about and those golden nuggets need to be shared around. Mm-hmm. And I think within Rise, you know, there are so many topics of conversation within mothering that become that can become very controversial. Like mm-hmm. let's let's just face it because there's so many ways of mothering. You know, breastfeeding versus bottle, immunizations, um, sleep training. Uh, there are just so many things that can get Everything. ugly if we were to let it, right? Yep, yep. But I truly believe, and it's the space that I'm facilitating, a space where it doesn't matter if someone else's journey looks different because it does. Every, mm. Everybody's journey looks bloody different and, and no journey is ever going to be the same. But there are so many, whilst there are so many differences, there are also so many commonalities as well. Yeah. And I think um, even though it looks different, we all have something to share. Um, and, and it's again, it's not a space where you have to, you can just sit there and watch it happen you don't have to you know because I get it not everyone wants to divulge personal stuff but it's amazing what comes out of the woodwork when someone will pop something on the discussion thread in there and the myriad of people that want to share their again I'll use it their golden nugget to Mm. support another woman is beautiful yeah and so it's all happening very organically at the moment um there's thousands of women now in there that are just you know again they're sharing what they know and um, the fact that other people can find solace and can find that sense of, you know what, I'm not alone in this. And this is this unified, almost sense of solidarity on there of this is a space that is safe, sacred, respected. Mm. You can vent without fear of retaliation. You can vent without fear of judgment. You know, and it's not just I've got an issue, I'm going to pop it up. You know, people are sharing their wins on there. Which is awesome. Yeah. You know, people so are sharing people are sharing things that are going incredibly right. And I love that. I love when people are like, guess what happened to me today? And people are cheering on each other. Yeah. And I think it's so special that we can A do that, but B that we have that all on our phone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can ta- you can be anywhere, secluded in your own home, stuck under a baby that's unwell. You can be in a hospital with an un- you know, an unwell child at that point of time. And still feel connected. Yeah. And that's massive. So it's portable, you know. Yeah. Um, I greatly got a sense of uh, like a lot of help personally myself. And I started to have these in-depth conversations in my social media, on my Instagram, behind closed doors. Like these were all conversations that I was having people with people through my DMs. Mm. And then I went, I need to put this. I need to be. So there is no other word for it. I need to be the conduit to connecting all these wonderful women that I get the pleasure of meeting and discussing and connecting with personally online, like as in through a screen, I can't let these conversations stay in my DMs. Well, even as well, there's, like you said before, these golden nuggets, you haven't been through everything. No. So why not open people to those who have? Correct. And what a powerful thing, particularly if you have gone through a situation where you've needed that support to then be able to give back when you're ready, of course, because you know, you've got to be in your own right headspace, yes. but there's something to be said for that. Yes. Absolutely. And the purpose that you get out of that, you yeah. know, being able to turn a negative in a positive, like, so now, you know, I've gone through some big things in the last year and I am, to- I've totally turned that into a space where I'm like, I know that this is, I can't keep a lid on these things and these things mm. need to be shared. Same with, Um, some of these women that are sharing their stories again when they're ready but they've gone through them 
and no doubt there's going to be other women that go through them. Mm-hmm. So they're there ready going, I'm, I'm where you want to be soon yep. and I'm going to show you what I did or what helped me to get through there. To get there. You know, yep. I took this path or this path. Um, you know, there's women there that are now meeting up in person. Oh, I you know, love there's that. lots of oh, it's amazing. There's lots of people that will be like, is there anybody in this area? And boom, the flurry of people that go, "Yes, oh my god, I also shop at that IGA or whatever the case." <laughs> Isn't that remarkable? Yeah. I um I've brought it up a few times, but I I was in Kmart, Kmart of all places. That's not surprising. <laughs> Doesn't sound like you um, at all. No. And um a lady stopped me and was like, "Oh my god, I'm in your rise group, da da da." Cut a long story short, at quick glance I looked at her situation um, and, you know, her children and or her child that was with her, and I knew that her and I and our motherhood journey is totally different. She's got a whole plethora of challenges every single day that is her normal, right? And I looked at her and I was just, I was so, it's so upsetting what she went through, but it was so nice. She was moved and I moved by it because she deals with this every single day. That's her normal. Um, oh, if, if only you could see what I could see right now. Um, and she doesn't feel alone. <laughs> Shit. We got through the whole thing. Honestly, <laughs> you see, it's not point. even my, it's her story that yeah. I'm like, holy yep. shit. And she deals with this every day. Um, it's incredible what she deals with. And then she goes on this platform. She creates these friendships with people. She's caught up with these women. And what have I given her? I've, I've, I've clearly given her a new a sense lot. of purpose. A lot. And not me. I shouldn't say me. It's the group. Um as a whole it really is because you know i've again i've been that conduit to connecting these people and it's the people now that are creating the the group for what it is right and this woman her everyday normal is someone's nightmare (laughs) i can't explain it but what a what an incredibly powerful thing for you to be able to 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 say Mm. i i actually made a difference in that person's life and regardless of whether it's now other people supporting her creating that platform and that space to bring people together there's just something so incredibly powerful of in that honestly and when she looked at me it was like how how simple something can be and how simple just again I keep on saying it it's that level of connection it's being told that you're not alone you're you might your challenges might look different from mine, but it can be a shared experience if you let me in. Yep. yep. And so she um, met up with this another another mum who was going through her own plethora of issues, and together they just have shared some incredible and sad and happy and all things in between moments together. How would they have ever met otherwise? Yep. How, like I just you can't put your finger on the pulse with certain things and some things are just meant to happen. And, you know, you have to go through your own type of hell to experience like your own, you know, new version of heaven or whatever. But to some, you just never know what is happening in your next door neighbor's yep. house. Yep. 100%. You never know, um, you know, of all things I'd cry over, right? You know, it's, um, it's seeing, the tenacity, the resilience, the pure, like the love of a mother and what she will do um, for a child is just, you just can't, there's no word for it. And I I think every mum will go to the nth degree if it means 
you know, lay in their own life, whatever. But, you know, the power of connection, the power of being able to say, I hear you and I'm going to sit in the darkness with you. I have, you know, and even when you haven't been on that same trodden path, just to say, I, I've been through a shit time myself. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to be here through yours, even though I might not completely understand what yours looks like. You know, yeah, that's yeah, so incredible. And that's all people want. That yeah. connection, that connection. That, yeah. That link. Jeez Louise. So yeah, that's right. Um, And it's it's amazing. I don't know where it's going, but I do know. And um, what I mean by that, um, I'm someone that usually does things on really um, executed, um, you know, all the evidence points to this and suggests this, very calculated and very – I'm a Capricorn, so that makes sense. Um, And for the first time in my life, I'm doing things that are completely like – I don't even know where it's going, but I like it. I think and it feels good. It's back to the surrendering. Just <laughs> you know? let it take its own path yeah. and see where it ends up. Yeah. And it's just nice to do things going, I don't know, but it feels right. And I'm just going to keep doing that. And, yeah. and I was saying this um, more recently on my social media, the things that I'm looking at doing at the moment are totally uh, left field. And it's all come about because of these big experiences that have happened mm. to me and us um and starting to surrender to processes not just starting it's now it's been happening for a little while now and um starting to see things that have been tough as for example in the chinese uh terminology you know how they've got symbols yep the term crisis is also or the symbol crisis also means opportunity and i'm a firm believer of that now Mm. because you can get to the end of a road and go holy shit did that all just happen yeah. and this brand new door opens and it's like there's a I'm on a whole nother trajectory now yep, yep and now I'm a firm believer of that you know like you can go you can experience all sorts of uh weird and wonderful things good bad and indifferent but it will it will lead you to somewhere where you're meant to go and I'm, I'm still not figuring out or I still don't know where that place is that I'm going, but I'm going somewhere. So <laughs> I'm leading for the first time without kind of blind and that's okay. It's scary, yeah. but it's so nice to lead with things other than facts and things that are in, like in front of you to then just leading with what feels right. And what a within. beautiful thing that is. Yeah. I think yeah. if you can open yourself up to that. Yeah. It's... Well, I'm very excited for all the things that you've got coming up. And I will put all of the details in the show notes so everybody can find your bits and pieces <laughs> and follow your journey. Now, yeah. before we wrap up, um, and you touched on it before about how it's so easy to lose yourself in motherhood. Mm. And I think it's such a prominent thing that we need to be conscious of. And I think it's important to reconnect with that person that you were before you had children mm. where you can um, in the way that that looks like to you. And I like to call it the me before mummy. Mm. So what is it that you do to connect with Nadine prior to kids? Yeah, such a good point because I think, yeah, as you've said, it's so easy to just turn the cogs in daily living and just be mum. Yeah. But we're so more than so much more than just mum. And I think it's... Um, so important to remember that we're still individuals Mm. and we're still the person you know in addition to being a mum a mum is just the extra yep and and um and whilst it's all encompassing and it's beautiful magical and and what have you it shouldn't be the expense at the expense of who we are completely agree um, yeah there's a 
fine line and I guess it's the elusive term of balance but at what point do we go I'm giving my all my 110% to everyone around me but you're not filling the cup of who you are and I hate to say fill the cup I actually think we deserve a whole lot more than just a cup yep it's a jug (laughs) it's a it's a a swimming pool it's a swimming pool like fill more than just a cup because you know there is behind all of these things of what we do we've got to remember that we do so much for others mm-hmm. and we've also got to invest that same amount into into ourselves so what do I do personally before I was a mum, and I guess even now I've been able to mold it into my life because I firmly believe that you will always make time and if you don't have time you will create time for things that are important to you and it yeah. might not um be that for the same time frame that you did before it might not be as often as you'd like it might take a lot of planning pre-planning for something that might only be 30 minutes it might take you days to prepare for but that's mothering but being realistic with um with how you go about doing that I think that is the starting point so for me personally um I'm huge with my um physical and um like health and fitness Mm -hmm. so I personally just that's my haven that's my space to just be um and yeah it's not as often as I would like um but it is it is something that fills my swimming pool because we're (laughs) going to call it a swimming pool um and that's where I can you know pull out me and I know that when I go and do those things and then I come back and shift the mindset to okay now I've got my mum hat on um that I go in so much more armed and I because I truly believe that health and fitness can be a catalyst or a positive catalyst change or positive change to anybody's life because of what it yep. instills in you absolutely from motivation to discipline to just that sense of fulfillment that you've done something for you the the not you know taking away that just the health realm of it the wellness the oh, the plethora of things that just movement can provide to you um and, you and know, it's all connected it is it's it all is. connected and you know, for whilst I had hyperemesis gravidarum, that was taken away from me. And I saw the significant mental health decline in me because I was not able to just move. Mm-hmm. You know, I, getting to the top of my street was hard enough in walking. And this is someone from a competitive athletic background. So it was hard to no longer have that in my life. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, postpartum, um, uh, I don't call it training. I'm still in a rehab sense. And then Um, I'm very particular with how I get back into training post babies and particularly post um, some things that have happened to me physically um, with my uh, birth is that, you know, first it's rehab, then it's exercise. And then I give myself enough time to rehabilitate the body that created life to then turn it into training. So, um, yeah, that's my little pocket of me time. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And it's, it takes me right back to a place where I'm more than just a mum and I don't say just a mum lightly. A mum is a huge role. Mm. Um, but I think part of the role of being a mum should be a big sign that says you are part of that role of being a mum and you are in there too and therefore you deserve that time that you invest in yourself, yeah. Absolutely. Well, we invest our time in everybody else. Yes. So, you know, you should add yourself to the list. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. You have given such an amazing over 
oversight as to where your journey has taken you and to how you've gotten here, but also some great advice. And I think yes. that's really important. And with any conversation, if someone can take away a few points and adopt it to themselves, then that's incredibly powerful. So, Thank you so much. I will again put all of your details into the show notes. Everybody can follow more of your journey. But thank you to the great. beautiful Nadine Muller. Thank you so very much for having me and thank you so much for reserving space on your beautiful platform and podcast oh, for me to be on here. It's my and pleasure. Likewise, how long did we talk for? <laughs> so, I'll let, I'll, look, it could have gone for a lot longer. Yeah, it really could have. I was scratching the surface in some in some components and then delving deep. Um, that poor coffee's gone yes, cold. I'm sorry. Yes. No, it's standard, yours. Standard it's yours. Stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, for anyone listening, thank you for also reserving time in your day. Um, to listen if you've got right through to the end. So thank you. Love your work. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Well, I did warn you that we had a lot of info coming up in that one. I just absolutely adore Nadine and her positivity and her attitude towards everything. And I think speaking out with such truth and vulnerability is something that's really difficult to do, particularly when it comes to such a traumatic experience. And I just cannot thank her enough for coming on and sharing her story. Um, Now, I am going to try and keep this short and sweet because I know it's a longer episode than what you would normally listen to, but again, I think there was a lot of value in there. A few of the things that I took away from the conversation is that when it comes to pregnancy and birth, to just not hand over your decisions when it comes to the caretakers and the people looking after you. You need to make sure that you get comfortable with all of the information and the decisions, take the advice, but still allow yourself the time and the opportunity to process it, regardless of how you proceed. I think that's really important. It's also important to acknowledge the gravity of birth trauma and to not diminish it by using terms like, but you have a healthy baby, or at least the baby's okay. Because just as there is physical recovery, there is also a mental recovery, which can be incredibly significant and can take some time. So please be conscious of your words and how you approach the subject. When it comes to premature labor, it happens for a multitude of reasons, and it's important to not question what the mother did or place any kind of blame. I think a lot of the times it's an automatic response. What were you doing? How did this happen? But it can happen for a number of different reasons. So again, be conscious of your conversation. Nadine is a prime example of somebody who lives through a positive mindset, and it isn't something that comes easily, as she mentioned. It is a choice that you make every single day and it does take work, but it's important to ensure that you are conscious of that and the difference that it can make to your life. Because if you have a positive attitude, you'll start to see things in a different light. In saying that, if you have been through a difficult experience or you're going through a challenging time, it's important to ensure that you're ready to be in that headspace. There is nothing wrong with feeling what you need to feel first working through and processing your emotions before you get to the point where you're ready to be positive. Now, if you would like to follow more of Nadine's journey, you can find her over on Instagram at at Nadine Muller, and I will be sure to pop her details in the show notes so you can find her Rise Facebook group as well. Now, before we wrap up, I want to give a quick shout out to username at Tegan underscore Avolio, who tagged me in this week's 
the me before mummy post. She put up a story saying needed it so bad weekend with my oldest girlfriend's child free. I absolutely love that. I think it's so important to reconnect with yourself as a person, the one that you were prior to motherhood. And if you can do that with your girlfriends at the same time, then that is absolutely ideal. If you would like to do the same, you can tag me at Mummy Republic and use the hashtag the me before mummy in a post or a story to show me what it is that you do to reconnect with yourself, the person you were pre-motherhood. But in the meantime, remember to take a breath, take some time for yourself and know that you're doing a damn good job. Thank you again so much for joining me. I cannot wait to share more stories with you. So if you haven't done so already, make sure that you click on that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. Thanks again. Lots of love and I'll see you next week.